Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, Lakers Fast Break, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We are live, uh, episode 18. Um, I am your host, Mark Tinklenberg. We got the whole crew, Zach, Mike, we're all here tonight. And we just want to make sure that before we start, we get you guys to subscribe to our stuff, Instagram and Twitter, X underscore breakdown. Uh, follow us, communicate with us, let us know, give us feedback. And then also on Apple podcast, give us that five-star review. Um, we're making some progress here with these episodes and we got a good one for you tonight. Um, some drama surrounding the NBA playoff push here as we come down to the last two weeks of the season. Um, we have play in games and uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit because you see, this is different than what they did in the bubble. <clears throat> as you guys know, in the bubble, you had to be within four games of that last seed in order to even make a play in game. Um, and it was also because it was a, it was incentive for teams to play in the bubble. Uh, it's what gave them, you know, kind of a reason to be there. Well, now this year they've played a full 72 game season. I know it's not 82, but they've played a full season uh, on a shortened off season, as we've talked about many times, and they're still doing the play in, but there is no four game limit. I mean, you can be 10 games back and still get a chance at this play in game. And so, <clears throat> We've had some drama today, as LeBron James said, you know, whoever thought of that needs to be fired. And then there's teams that are in those positions, like Steph Curry and company, who are really excited about it. Uh, obviously, they get a chance to make the playoffs. And when you make the playoffs, uh, anything goes. So um, my take on it right now is that you have teams in both conferences who have earned their right in a regular season. And I don't understand how you can do a play-in game if you're 10 games up on a team, why is this even a, why is this even a conversation? Um, but I'll expand on my thoughts after I get what you guys think about it. Uh, so fellas, let's talk about it. What do we think about the play in, in general, it is different. I didn't really realize that until I kind of looked, looked that up and how different it is than the bubble. Um, you know, Tink, I, when we were kind of having this conversation right before we went live here, I kind of didn't, I didn't realize that whole, that difference, right? I was like, you know, the 
within a few games compared to now, it just doesn't matter where I was a little bit more strong when they're like, I like to play in tournament is LeBron being kind of a baby about it. Um, you know, it's just because his positioning and then you have Steph who's in a position where he needs that play in tournament. But then you look at some of these bad teams and you're right. You're kind of like, why are we recording or why are we recording? Why are we rewarding um, these teams that are bad? And if, you know, this, <laughs> if, uh, if they have a bad night, the, the, the other team, it's like, all right, now you have a poor team that's in the playoffs that's going to probably get eliminated right away. And it just kind of makes for, honestly, to me, bad TV. If we're trying to go with what you're going to watch in the NBA playoffs, it's not great. Now, my Pacers are in the playoffs, on the play-in. They are probably going to get eliminated by Washington. They're getting beat by 20 by Washington right now, currently. So then they're playing the play-in tournament in two weeks, and same thing will happen. I... I don't even know if I want to see the Pacers in any kind of playoff capacity today. I need a mental break. I'm ready for them to be done for the season, but I like it. If they're going to keep going with it, I think we need to go back to that bubble format and make a little bit more strict on how you can get into the playoffs. I, that's, that's just what I think. I don't like the, in the NBA playoffs, to have a um, one game process because as we've seen this year, specifically with injuries, if someone goes out for one game with a sprained ankle or two techs or whatever it is, you could be out of the playoffs altogether um, as a seven or eight seed and not ha- and have a nine or 10 seed get in and not have the ability to go to that seven game series. So regardless of the format, I, I like, I loved it last year. I liked that eight games that they got to play and it was balls to the wall. I mean, everybody went all out to, to try to get it and try to get those last spots. And that was enjoyable. This seems um, forced you know, and I know LeBron was was complaining about it, but he also, in sort of the the ecstasy of last year, liked the idea of some sort of playoff turn, tournament. Right? I don't like the idea of a one game playoff tournament because it leaves too much too much at chance. A seven game series, the best team's going to win most of the time. A one game series that isn't the case, and as we've talked about on this show for months. The NBA is about having dudes. And for example, if Brooklyn was down Harden, if the Lakers are down LeBron, if Luka goes out, you know, who's in seven, eight right now, you know, if Sabonis goes down, that's not a true representation of what that team is. Right. And so that's why I don't like the one game playoff. So before I give my feedback, uh, so here's how it goes. Okay. If you're the seven seed, you play the winner of, um, so seven plays eight winner to get the seventh spot. And the loser of seven, eight matchup plays the winner of nine, 10 for eighth. And I believe that that winner of the loser of the, uh, the loser of the seven, eight has to get beat twice. Correct. Yeah, so seven, seven and eight will play in a one game. 
the winner of that takes the seventh spot. Automatically takes the eighth, seventh spot. Eighth plays the winner of the t- ninth, tenth, and then they'll whoever wins that gets the eighth spot, and then the other two are eliminated. Okay, so if you are seven or eight, you have to get beat twice to actually be knocked out of the playoffs. And theoretically, you could be the eight right. seed and not be in, in the ten seed. Correct. Correct. Um, so as we kind of talked about, my, my stance on it is this, you know, is the NBA making a lot of money off of it? Yeah. And so when it comes to that, um, and is it probably great? Is it going to be great drama? And am I going to be on the edge of my seat watching it? Yeah, I actually probably will be. Um, and it's going to get really exciting and it's going to be, uh, you know, the tension is going to be incredible. Um, but I don't think it's fair then to have a full 72 game season. Uh, there has to be some stipulation where you have to be within a certain amount of games to qualify for the play in tournament. Now that would make a lot of sense. So if you're two games back or four games back, even, um, of that eighth spot, not the seventh spot, but if you're four games back at the eighth spot and you're in that nine, 10 range, uh, that's going to, I mean, okay. So, so now we have something that's at least a little bit more fair. But to think that the seventh seed could be 10 games ahead, if you're a seventh seed and you're 10 games ahead of that 10th seed and you have to play them after they beat, you know, after they beat uh, the nine seed and, and you just took care of the eight seed and, and they beat you and the 10 seed gets in and you're 10 games ahead of them in the regular season, man, I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be quite a bit of calls and complaints headed to the NBA front office on that one. Um, now, to to kind of say, really, I think we're going to be more – we're going to think about that a little bit more in the West compared to the East because the East from 6 to 10 is still very close. Um, from the 6th spot, it's only a 6-game difference from 6 to 10. So – that one is a little closer. I think we're going to look at more of kind of a the West. Uh, well, I have that pulled up as well, fellas. The West, it's Dallas is close t- too. Yeah, Dallas is ten well. games back in their fifth, and San Antonio is fourteen and a half games back in their tenth. So between five and ten is only four and a half games. So, so I, it's, it's actually little, closer. It's closer than, than the East right now. Yeah. Well, in that case, then as of right now, today, it'll be good TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, right. Drama. Right. <laughs> if you're the Lakers right now, which is going to kind of be our next topic here. If you're the Lakers, uh, you better wake up. You better wake up. I mean, if you don't want to put yourself in that position, you better wake up. Tonight's that's a must our, win. Yeah. I think mean, tonight but, is a must win. And and I've been saying that the last two nights, just to give yourself a little like leeway as guys are trying to get back into rhythm. Uh, but let's talk about the Lakers. You know, that they were our, our number one seed overall in this in, entire league, obviously, as as they were probably for almost everybody. Um, and injuries are part of the game, and injuries have taken a toll on them, unfortunately, this year. Um, but as you watch the Lakers, and, and you guys can tell me what you think, but, you know, coming from my point of view and my stance when I watch them, I, I watch as, like, trying to figure out what they're trying to accomplish on the court. And I also watch to see like effort just naturally as a coach, I watch film all the time. And so as I'm sitting there watching the game live, I'm kind of, you know, uh, unintentionally breaking down the game as I'm watching it. And 
um, even though I'm just trying to enjoy it, I just naturally like, oh my gosh, I see a play and in the middle of the play, I'm all right, I got to rewind and watch. what did he do there on that? And, and for whatever reason this year, the last like 20 games, you know, they were staying afloat and stuff. And then AD comes back and then LeBron comes back. And I just feel like this year is a lot different. And I, I talked about this earlier on Twitter, on my, on my personal Twitter, but it, it just doesn't seem like they're playing for each other at all. You know, last year, that was a group that, they were willing to sacrifice anything to get it done. And it's like this year, uh, I don't see hardly any of that. Um, there's a lot of trust issues. It feels like going on. Um, it seems like there's some politics going on and, and yes, it is the NBA and they're professionals and they take care of it, but that doesn't win you NBA championships. Um, you know, if you're not, in sync and you're not locked in and you're not buying into each other and buying into the game plan and you aren't giving it, you know, you, you aren't being there for your teammate by giving, you know, maximum effort, which is what they did in the playoffs uh, last year, man, it, it is a, oof, I am really worried about them guys. I got, I gotta be honest, man, these guys, their next eight games, <laughs> oh man, they might go 0 and 8 to finish the season. In all reality, they might be out of the playoffs in, in all seriousness. Um, because right now, Anthony Davis is a shell of himself. Um, and I know he's coming back from a serious injury. Uh, and that does take some time. But the effort on his end is just, it, it's costing them dearly. It really is. I have never seen him play. I've not seen this version of Anthony Davis yet. I don't know. You know, we've followed him. He is just, he's a phenom. And the, the dude is, he is a top three player when he's at his best. And last year in the playoffs, he was arguably the best player in the bubble. You know, it was him or Brian and it was both those guys were the best, but he was at his peak. And, and right now he's not even a top 20 player right now in my eyes. So boy, they got some things they got to figure out. Mark, I was, I was, following your Twitter feed today. In fact, when I logged on, it felt like I was just in your personal Twitter because you had like five or six responses right in a row. But I was thinking about this when I was reading through this. It, do do you think, and Zach, I'd like your uh, your thoughts on this too. Do we think that LeBron being off the court, you know, you can see him on the bench coaching, talking to players, telling them where they need to be, but him being off the court, has that big of a difference in how the team is playing for each other and with each other versus LeBron getting everybody involved? Because he was there for two games and they lost both of them. They were both close games. He went out with six minutes left in the in the last game. But just seeing him in there, it's a dunk just to get him going. But he's not on the court orchestrating. Do you see that as being uh, – because uh, I see it as being part of the chemistry issue that he's not there in people's faces, giving them the ball and, and being part of, of the play. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is that Dennis Schroeder, they've moved him to, you know, point guard. And as much as I like what he brings some games, he is not, you know, a, conventional or traditional point guard. That is not really what right. he does. And so to me, that's been the biggest If You know, last year, LeBron was putting up 10 and a half, averaging 10 and a half assists a game. He led the NBA in assists. And that's what made the Lakers so great last year. It was him 
and it wasn't his scoring. His scoring is icing on the cake. It is what separates them from good to great. But it's his passing and his defense last year that separated them. Well, now he's been moved off the ball this whole season because Schroeder's had to start, which, you know, in my opinion, has been one of the bigger mistakes. As good as Dennis Schroeder has been throughout the season, he has had great games. He's had great moments. I'm not taking anything away from that. But what would it look like if LeBron was starting at point guard and Schroeder was, you know, terrorizing second units? I you know, uh, and so that has changed the way they do that. LeBron's assist numbers are down by almost four assists a game. That's or three assists a game. That's a lot over the span of a season. And there's no better passer in the league than him. So, yes, the chemistry issue has been a major problem without him. Um, their offense has been abysmal. They are averaging 98 points per 100 possessions. That's the it's, worst almost in NBA history. It's so bad. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. And they don't have a slump buster in there. No. <laughs> and no. and I do. I still think there's another gear that they're going to hit, but the they can. Is they can. The downside is is if you look at this next five to six games, hopefully you can actually show us that next year. You have to give yourself a chance to even get there. Like, let me just list this off. You got Nuggets tonight. Clippers Thursday, Trailblazers Friday, Suns Sunday, and then you have the Knicks who who knows what the Knicks and how well they're playing on Tuesday of next week. That's a gauntlet to end your season. There's concern. There's absolute concern. Yeah, absolutely. And and I talked about this earlier, but our only chance right now, right now, to finish this season pre-playoffs is that Anthony Davis – just goes animalistic that he just decides because he is the guy that no other team has an answer for. He always will be. That's why he's who he is. That's why LeBron went and got him and really wanted to team up with him. And that's why the Lakers signed him to a five-year contract because he is different than everybody else. But right now, you know, there might, and there may be some trust issues with the leg. It is, it is worrisome when you're playing. I'm sure, you know, when you're talking about a calf slash Achilles possibility that obviously that is a death sentence sometimes for an NBA player. And so I understand the concern, Um, but I saw somebody tweet this earlier and they're right. Okay. The Lakers obviously have enough in that locker room. They started 22 and seven this year. So they got the dudes in the locker room to get this done and they only got better. Okay. And people can knock Andre Drummond all they want. And, and they can say he's he's goofy and he's a terrible fit. Andre Drummond is not the problem. Okay, Andre Drummond is not the problem. Um, Mark Gas- Mark Gasol not playing is a problem, but that doesn't mean that Andre Drummond is the problem. Okay, Andre Drummond and Mark Gasol can both play, and we can have a way better impact. And if he does not move Montrez Harrell to the four in that second unit. He is Frank Vogel is making a huge mistake. Uh, Markeith Morris is not the answer in the second unit right now at that four position. And I don't know what happened to Wesley Matthews, but you have a lot of unproven guys right now in the rotation and you can see why they're struggling. Okay. Where is Wesley Matthews? Where has he gone? I don't know. That's why they were so good last year. The second unit had Rondo leadership, 
Dwight Howard, desperation. They had Kuzma, hungry, wanting to prove himself. Right? Alex Caruso, complete glue. Their second unit was as good as anybody's uh, because of those traits and those qualities. Right now, they're playing Montrez Harrell. They're playing Markeith Morris. They're playing uh, you know, Ben uh, McLemore. McLemore. And uh, it's just, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I got to actually legitimately ask this too. And honestly, this is a real question, not really to spark much conversation. But if for some odd reason, say they stand pat right here at, at seven, whatever, or if they get to six, they're tied with Dallas right now. Um, if they get eliminated in the first round, is Vogel on the hot seat? Is this a failed season? That's a good question. It absolutely is a failed season. Yeah, I I think I think it's a massive fail of a season. And they were talking about extending him this offseason, if I read reports correctly. Um, something has to give with this offense, though. I mean, it is their defense right now that's causing the problems on offense because they're so good in transition. They can't get a stop. I, I mean, defensively, they're horrible. This is why I'm saying it's not Drummond – on 90 if you watch film 99% of these pick and roll plays they're asking him to cover up the 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 dribbler the ball handler protect the roller and take away the lob i mean that's impossible you can't you can't do all those things and then he's left on an island and he looks he looks like he's to blame uh, for all these defensive mistakes and now the lakers are constantly going against a set defense and where are the Lakers at their best? When did they run teams out of the gym last year in the playoffs, fellas? How did they do that? Transition. Why were they so nasty? You couldn't because score on them inside, and then they're out and running. And then when you had KCP running those wings, bombing threes last year, that's uh, uh, look out. It's over, right? So they're not doing that, though. They are doing everything opposite of that right now. And quite frankly, they are – guys, they are – Big time trouble, and it it, so, me. it pains me because we're running out of years left of great LeBron. Well, and per LeBron, we might have seen his best physical form, and in the past, because he's like, I don't know that I'll ever be a hundred percent again. Now, that might be a little hyperbole because he's coming off that ankle and it hurts. But I, I, I was reading this athletic article, and it had ten reasons why the Lakers are struggling right now. And my goodness, what a year they've had between all of the injuries, picking up all these new players. We've already talked about the shortest offseason ever. And then you've got, I had forgotten that Gasol was out, not because he was just out, because he had COVID. And then uh, Schroeder was out two weeks for health and safety protocols. He's going to be out now another two weeks for health and safety protocols. So he's out till the playoffs at least. You had the uh, AD injury. You have the LeBron injury. While they're gone, they pick up Drummond and relegate Gasol to the bench. They pick up McLemore, who's another fine player. But all of a sudden you go and you have 13 players that are expecting playing time. And Vogel's trying to figure this out. And then you've got some player, Mark, to your point, I don't know where Matt Wesley Matthews went. He seems to hit uh, four threes in one game and then miss for four games. And defensively, he just, I mean, maybe there's more there than I see with the naked eye, but 
he seems to be getting beat a good amount too. And, and you just got this year. And then you had the trading deadline where they had a package for Schroeder and THT and T no, they had a package for Schroeder and let me get to it here real quick. I just had it up trade deadline. They had a package for Schroeder and KCP yeah. to go for Kyle Lowry and THT. But that's why they turned it down because they right. didn't want to give him up. Right. So now you've got Schroeder and KCP thinking, well, I'm expendable. I just came in. Now, again, they're pros. They got to do this, but that can't help continuity. That can't help on the court and that can't help your mindset. So, you know, I was just going through and I'm like, yes, it seems like it's a tumultuous season, but my goodness, what they've gone through now, Zach, to your point and Mark to yours as well, they've got the dudes. And if there's anybody in the league that knows how to turn the light switch on at playoff time, it's LeBron. And I fully expect that he's going to do that. And I haven't given up hope, even though I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, Zach, you read off that last 10. It's going to be tough. And LeBron's out tonight. Real tough. And and so it's just been a tumultuous season for them. I, I say all of that to say I don't know what more Vogel could do. I don't know what coach could be in there and figure out how to do all of the things that he had figured that he has to figure out what to do. You got 13 legit players, which again is a champagne issue, but you got to try to fit them all in, keep them happy. Gasol said that he wanted out. Right. And so he's now come back on that and said that he's fine with whatever, just so they can win. So it's just been a tough season. My point is I don't know how much Vogel has to, has to be on the hot seat or do with that because I don't know what coach could handle that. Fair. Zach, I want to ask you something though. So this is coming, you know, Mike and I are giving opinions from more of a, you know, kind of an insider, you know, super fan type point of view. Uh, But from the outsider's point of view, from just a general perspective, what's your take on where the Lakers are at right now and, and what you see just from a, somebody that's not emotionally attached to the situation. Um, I, I got to watch the last couple of games. I don't, I don't obviously have access to watch the Lakers all the time. Luckily they're on TV a lot, um, but they look tired, whether that be mentally or physically, they look tired. Um, the effort is just, not there as it was the urgency was not there there was a thing to prove in the bubble and we're the best team and we're going to win it and bring it back for kobe for the lakers we got to get that that to be spoken as 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 the lakers should be always kind of one of the top teams it was kind of like let's bring it back to relevance it's the lakers have been gone for too long there was that urgency there's nothing urgent about how they're playing right now currently at all i think I hope that in this next six games, you'll start to see that because they do not want to be, I don't, they don't want to be in the play in like whether they'll win or not for their own mental psyche. I don't think they, that they want to be in a play in. 
I, I don't think that that would do well for them. No, they need to be in this five, six spot, wherever that can be. If they can win the next few games, knock off some of these top teams, prove that they're still there because you almost, you want to come in to this tournament that teams are a little scared to play at. Right now, I don't think anyone's scared to play the Lakers. That's no, just me. And, and not only not only are they not scared, they can't wait to beat them. And this is something I need Lakers fans to understand is that I'm as big of a Laker fan as you'll find, but you also have to be realistic. You got eight, nine, ten other teams in the West right now that can't wait to get rid of the Lakers. Like, if you get rid of the Lakers, you have just freed up everybody in the West. It is a total open season all of a sudden, and they all know that. And it's like the Lakers just think that they can get away with just going through the motions right now. And they just keep saying after the game, well, the only thing we can do is just get better from here. I mean, we can't get any worse. But the problem is, is that if you don't have urgency when you play before you know it, you're going to be gone and it won't matter because everybody's coming for you, dude. I mean, AD, and this is my cry for the next six games. Anthony Davis, go prove your worth. Stop doing what you're doing because it's not working. You can't get through the NBA right now, especially at this point in the season, by coasting through games. It doesn't work. We need you to be an all-pro player. Go be the best guy on the floor. Otherwise, we are not going to have much of a postseason. I'm telling you guys right now, Lakers fans, if you're listening, hear me out. Please start putting some responsibility on Anthony Davis because he needs it. Otherwise, we're not going to have much of a playoff. And that's my final two cents. Yeah. So how do you, how do you really feel? <laughs> say, before, it's we, true. before no. we go to break here, I'm looking again, I'm looking at this. You're, you're in the fifth spot. You play, you play Denver who they're playing tonight. If it were to end right now in a seven game series, if yes, they weren't would, to make it in the playoff. Theoretically would be a great matchup, but you want to know what Denver's doing. They lost their starting point guard and all pro NBA player, and they're not making excuses. They're showing up no. and they're still winning against everybody in the West. And shortly they're going to be the two seed. I think they're close. Aren't they? Are they not? Yeah. They're three games back from Utah okay. at two right now. Okay. Phoenix so, and Utah are tied at one. So they've taken over the, the mighty Clippers right now who every, all the analysts are still picking to come out of the West and Denver just knocked them off in LA. And now they're coming for the Lakers and you know what they don't do. They don't coast in games. Their role players step up and play just like every other team has done against the Lakers. The Kings brought a G league team to LA and mopped the floor with the Lakers last night, the Toronto Raptors, they brought not a G League team. I don't know what that team was. They brought five of me and Kyle Lowry to the court and mopped the Lakers by 20. Okay. And, but this is what the Lakers have to understand. It, you don't get to get away with this stuff. And it's not like it was last year. They are not the same team. They are not, they are not even close. And it all boils down to chemistry and effort. And man, I really need this to turn around because I'm starting to get really angry the more and more I think about it. And I know everybody wants to be optimistic in Lakerland and it, oh, that this is just what they do. And the LeBron's got it all figured out. Well, LeBron can't do anything if he can't run up and down the court with a sprained ankle that, by the way, usually takes eight to 10 weeks to even be remotely close to healthy. So we're going to be lucky if we see 95% of LeBron in the playoffs and we're going to see 95% of LeBron in the playoffs without any games leading up to that. Come on, Anthony Davis, it's on you, buddy. It's on you. So before we go on any further, we're going to take a quick break. 
And when we come back, we got some other stuff we're going to discuss. So hang with us, please. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R Y S E dot com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to X's and O's episode 18. Now, if you missed the first part of the show, we just heard our good old coach Tink here in the uh, in the old room. Spring a leak. He uh, he uh, he just got done cooling off, and we're we're gonna bring him back in here. Uh, he uh, went on a nice little tangent about his Lakers. And he's uh, he's he's bringing it back down. He's coming back to us. Uh, so Come welcome on, back. Uh, while we're coming back, reminder. Need you to like, need you to subscribe, go follow us, talk to us on Instagram, talk to us on Twitter. We're always on there. Come say hi. So, boys, the best 22-year-old. We saw that tweet come out, right? That tweet just came out and it showed Derrick Rose's MVP year. That boy was bad. That boy was bad. The interesting argument, though, is that Luka Doncic is the best 22-year-old ever. Yeah, so I saw that tweet and it said Luca's the best 22-year-old basketball player ever and it showed a picture of Kobe sort of calming the co- the crowd down like whoa, have you forgotten already? And then that Derrick Rose tweet came out 10 years ago this year, he won the MVP at 22 and that was a bad man. Yeah. So, let's start with those three. At 22 years old, do you take Luca D Rose or Kobe. Now we know kind of what the career arc is looking back, but just at that point in time, who do you take? Well, Luca is ahead of his age by a lot (laughs) Um, because here's the thing. Kobe at 22 had Shaq in his prime. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luca Doncic has Dwight Powell. So, I mean, there is quite the difference. <laughs> quite, and Chris Dobbs. Quite, quite the difference. Um, and with that being said, Luca is doing some things with a less than adequate roster. Um, and he is well ahead of his age of 22. I mean, he plays like he's, you know, 30, 31. He's been, he plays like he's been in the league 10, 11 years. Uh, and his numbers show that as well. Derek Rose, on the other hand, was winning an MVP at 22 and when you watch his highlights i have no clue what anybody would have for him in today's nba which has changed in 10 years Uh, i have no clue what anybody would have for that man when he was 22 watching what he was doing looking like he was uh having a turbo booster on his back and then proceeding to jump off a trampoline um (laughs) (laughs) so um i honestly i don't know i think kobe might have been a little bit more polished offensively all around but man 
Uh, I hey, don't know. That's a tough one. Can, can I give you some quick Kobe stats at the age of 22? He played 68 games, and I think that was the shortened season. Uh, 68 games. He averaged 28 and a half points, five assists, six rebounds. Oh, boy. And he was a hell um, of a defender. Uh, 1.7 steals, a little over half a block a game, and uh, played 40 minutes a game. Okay, yeah, Kobe Bryant. Yep. Uh, 41 minutes a game, sorry. Okay. I'm just going to – I want to – we didn't even mention this person, but I'm just going to read off what LeBron James was doing at 22. I know, see? Okay, I, I'm just going to read off, okay, because I found an article as we were talking. I was like, I just wanted to look it up, see what he was doing. This is the year he brought the Cavs to the finals <laughs> in 2006-2007 with – let me just let me just read through the roster really quick. Scott Pollard. Ooh. Ira Newell. Oh, God. Shannon Brown. Ooh, that's bad. Larry oh, Hughes. Holy smokes. Eric Snow. Danielle Marshall. <laughs> da- hold on. Nope. Damon Jones. Oh, my Anderson Verjao. Ilgalskis. Sasha Pavlovich. Oh. Danielle or Booby Gibson. Drew Gooden. <laughs> oh, now, my God. Now, here's that's what terrible. he was doing. He averaged. Let me see. 27, he was fourth in the league in scoring that year. 27.3 points, six rebounds, six assists, one one and a half steals. None of LeBron's teammates averaged 15 or above points that year. <laughs> and they went. And, and what were his playoff stats? I can't even imagine. That, that's when he went bonkers in Detroit. They went in the regular season 50 and 32 that year and were second in the East. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Now, that was also a bad man at 22. At 22, leading a a Cavs team that had no right to be that good in the regular season and then to go to the finals. Wow. Uh, Can I just tell you real quick, at age 23 in his rookie season, Wilt Chamberlain averaged 37 points and 27 rebounds? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, so let's talk about this, guys. Okay, we need to talk about this, okay? Um, That tweet we saw of Wilt Chamberlain, okay, not only did he average those stats, he uh, had, what was his, what was his vertical? 40? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll look it up. But yes, he won the high jump in college at Kansas. My God. And he ran a 10-something in the 100. Zach, I need you to try to describe as 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 well as you can to our listeners what that video looks so like. crazy is i'm watching it currently is that not only is he the fastest person on the court at his size he's so tall it looks like he can run over people without breaking stride it's the weirdest and creepiest thing i've ever seen in my life that's amazing that's amazing he also benched like 475 pounds um, I'll let Mike roll through the stats. Yeah, so he ran a sub eleven hundred meter dash, a forty nine second four hundred in sweats, and an under two minute eight hundred. <laughs> and he had a vertical measured between forty six and forty eight inches. 
Oh my God. He ran a 40 in 4.6 seconds and could bench press 500 plus pounds. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. one of the baddest human beings that's okay. ever lived on this earth. Okay, okay. I'm going to need to make something very, very clear. Okay. <laughs> okay. There is nobody, including the diesel, that could stop that human being with modern training and technology yeah. and everything in between. He also slept with a million girls. Yeah, so that- 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good for him. Per his book. God. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, Lilt the Still. Um, at Overbrook High School in Philly, he jumped six foot six. He ran the 440 in 49 seconds and the 880 in 158. He shot put 53 feet, four inches, and broad jumped 22 feet. Okay, this is not a human being here. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, that video was crazy. Um, and yeah, who said you said did, his stats at twenty three were what? Uh, Thirty seven points and twenty seven rebounds as a rookie. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's and that's the conversation we had. I know I missed last time, but that's the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, right? Who would you take? You take who you see. Nobody saw him, but the more I'm diving in, <laughs> the more he, uh, well, the more he I feels like he'd be, video, I want that yeah. monster running down the floor for my team. I mean, my yeah. God, I don't know how people didn't dive out of the way. Yeah. Well, and Dr. J put him on his first team, right? I think we were texting about this between our episodes. He put him on his first team. Dr. J had Michael Jordan on his second team so that tells you on his third team right that tell and he had uh elgin and jerry west on his first team so that tells you about who you see dictates who you naturally go to um but all signs point to wilt being an absolute freak yeah i really wish he would dunk on rudy gobert that would just make me really happy (laughs) That's, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> and it all comes full circle. That's, you know, honestly, I feel like that's a pretty nice place to end the episode. <laughs> that is. I, I think that, that that's really all we need to say. Wilt VRG. Gee, Merry Christmas. Well, guys, great episode. Um, that is it from us at X's and O's NBA Breakdown episode 18. We will come to you shortly here uh, with a little pre-playoff uh, a preview, sorry, of the playoffs as we get closer and closer to the end of the season next week. We'll have a pretty clear indication of who's going to be where and what this could all shape up to be. So until next time, we thank you guys for tuning in. Again, give us some feedback, and we will uh, continue to bring you as good a content as we can. So for Mike, Zach, and Mark, We bid you adieu, and we'll see you next time. Mamba on three. One, two, three. Mamba. Mamba. Peace out, boys. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.